GM, I'm Matthew Diemer, and this is GM from Decrypt. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. It is Friday, March 3rd, 2023. I'm over in Florida. If you guys remember... We've uh, been here before, I'm at my dad's house on the back porch, and we recorded from here when I was at Bitcoin Miami. Actually, that's not true. When I was at Bitcoin Miami, I was recording from Bitcoin Miami, and then I came up to see my dad. So you heard me from this exact spot once before. The big news today, and we're just going to get into it right now because it is completely destroying the markets. The latest sharp decline in prices can be likely attributed to the recent developments surrounding Silvergate Bank which has been providing a payment network for many crypto businesses. Alarm bells ring on Wednesday when the California-based company delayed publishing its annual 10K report, saying that further unreported losses could mean the bank is less than well capitalized. Let me say that again, less than well capitalized. Silvergate, which also worked with FTX and Alameda, reported losses of $1 billion. However, they also had a decline in customer deposits of roughly $14 billion in the last quarter of 2022 alone. To make up for some of this shortfall, they secured a $4.3 billion loan from Federal Home Loan Bank and sold around $5.2 billion in debt securities. So forget they're not doing the normal playbook of saying, hey, everything's okay over here, don't worry, and then declare bankruptcy. They've admitted that they're assessing the impact of its recent losses and determining its ability to continue as a growing concern. So this then turns to the companies. What are they doing? What are all of these companies that have been associated with Silverbank doing in the wake of this? Well, Coinbase said, out of the abundance of caution, it's no longer accepting or initiating payments from Silvergate. Circle said they maintain relationships with several banks. We are sensitive to the concerns around Silvergate and are in the process of unwinding certain services with them and notifying customers. Otherwise, all Circle services, including USDC, are operating as normal. Galaxy Digital. They also tweeted, In light of recent developments, Galaxy has stopped accepting or initiating transfers to Silvergate. As a firm, we continue to have no material exposure to Silvergate, and this action was taken out of the abundance of caution. That's a theme. Abundance of caution. The Tether CTO also stated that they have no exposure to Silvergate as well. The dominoes are still falling from the FTX, Alameda, Luna, Three Arrows Capital, debacle (laughs) there's gonna be more i promise you there's still gonna be more mix that in with some fred rick mix that in with some layoffs a recession fed rate hikes i'm telling you i still think this recent rise in crypto prices was a bull trap be careful again this is not financial advice just be careful let's get into those crypto prices
The time is 8.50 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Florida. We have Bitcoin sitting at $22,351, down 4.4% in 24, or 6% in 7. Ethereum's at $1,566, down 4.2% in 24. And in some Ethereum news, the much-anticipated Shanghai upgrade will be pushed back to April. It was previously slated for a March release. And this Shanghai upgrade will allow you to take out your staked ETH withdrawals. We've spoken about this many times. Now, at least, you're going to be waiting until April. Tellers number three, Binance is at 288, down 3.4%. And USDC is number five, running off the top 10. We have XRP, Cardano, Matic, Dogecoin, down to 7.5%. down almost 6% in 24. And BUSD still clutching its pearls in the number 10 spot. Solana has moved up a little bit. It's trailing BUSD by $1.6 billion in market cap. The total market cap is down 3.5% to $1.03 trillion. We have a BTC dominance of 42.1 and an F dominance of 18.7. And I just want to take a look at Tezos price. Tezos did some crazy stuff overnight. It was sitting at around uh, $1.17, $1.18. And then just absolutely tank down to a, a, a buck seven. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. On the week, it's down from about a buck 30. Moving into today's news. As you guys know, the cycle of miner capitulation, Bitcoin mining capitulation, can be observed through Bitcoin's history. We've spoke about it many times on the show. When the price of Bitcoin goes down, miners start shutting off their machines. Why? Because they can't make the money. Hash rate is up. Bitcoin price is down. They mine Bitcoin, get Bitcoin, and they can't pay their bills. So they either shut off their machines, wait out the winter. They sell their machines to run a smaller farm. They sell their Bitcoin to fund their operation. Or they just go bankrupt and sell everything and walk away with their head down. Maybe high. Who knows? Depends on the person. Well, this cycle is a little bit different according to CoinShares. This time, firms haven't been shutting off their machines. And this is shedding light on how the mining market is quickly evolving. Well, how do we know if their machines are not shutting down? Well, the hash rate didn't drop. And this says one of two things are happening. Either there were a lot of shutdowns and the hash rate actually outgrew the shutdowns. So basically more machines are being started up than are shutting down and the hash rate is staying high. Or machines are just not shutting off. And this is the case in Core Scientific. In December, the firm officially filed for bankruptcy, citing the market conditions. However, they said that operations will still continue. So why is this happening? Again, we were talking about Bitcoin mining. Companies are being more efficient with how they use their energy. If you looked at companies in Texas, when bad weather happened in Texas and they needed uh, more power to the, the grid, they would transfer power to the grid. They would sell power back, which would give the mining companies income while providing power for the state of Texas. Just earlier this week, I think, or was it last week? Earlier this week, we heard about the nuclear power plants and hydropower plants fueling Bitcoin mining and them using the redirection of the hydro and nuclear power plants to sell it back to the state. 
and fuel cities and towns and residents and businesses. And so these operations are definitely evolving. However, it also could be that everybody is just holding on tight, waiting for that Bitcoin halving that's going to happen around April 26th of 2024. Remember, though, even though the halving does happen around that time, the all-time high for Bitcoin and you get really good Bitcoin prices, that starts happening around 12 to 18 months after the halving. We also have a Litecoin halving coming up. A lot of people don't remember that, but the Litecoin halving is coming up in around 202 days. You remember Tornado Cash. It was a mixing tool that allows you to obfuscate your Ethereum by using Tornado Cash, using the tool. And it was banned by the U.S. because, well, North Korea and the Lazarus Group and hacking groups were using it to basically launder money, hide their money from their illegal practices. Well, a Tornado Cash contributor builds a new privacy tool and hopes it won't trigger the feds. A demo released today of the new coin mixing app lets people send and receive Ethereum. They added a feature that proves the user is not a North Korean-backed actor or some kind of other criminal. I say that even though it's true for now, there's going to be a workaround. If this gains traction, I cannot see North Korea finding ways not to use it. I cannot see the United States not sanctioning it. However, there's a big lesson here. You ban something, somebody will build another one. And somebody will just make it better. It's a case of whack-a-mole. So, I think that instead of just the government coming up and saying, hey, let's ban everything, we really have to find a way that is satisfying privacy that, that apparently people want with their cryptocurrency and the ability for these tools not to be used by bad actors like North Korea, Iran, the Lazarus Group, hacking and ransomware companies, and the like. According to a presentation filed by FTX debtors, $2.2 billion of total assets have been located, of which only about $694 million are from the most liquid currencies such as fiat, stablecoins, Bitcoin, or Ethereum. Against these holdings, and another $385 million in customer receivables, are $9.3 billion in net borrowing by Alameda Research. Borrowing, in my air quotes. The presentation updated the amount of liquid assets currently held and recovered by the debtors group, which grew from $5.5 billion to $6.1 billion since the last report in January. Although the increase is primarily as a result of the updated digital asset pricings, the group also recovered about $202 million held at Alameda, $125 million in stablecoins, and $57 million in assorted cryptocurrencies held at subsidiaries. The, C- the CEO, John J. Ray III of FTX, the CEO of FTX, John J. Ray III, said, the books and records are incomplete and in many cases, totally absent and they're saying there's a massive shortfall in ftx assets and ftx us which sam bankman fried has claimed was in the black is also in the red and finally nft trading surpassed a whopping 2.04 billion dollars last month up 117 percent from 941 million in january making february the best month since may of last year the surge appears to be indebted to a, a single company mostly indebted to a single company. What company? Blur. Blur's trading volume jumped over $1.13 billion in February from the previous month. Let me say that again because that's insane. It jumped over $1.13 billion in February from January. But the majority of that volume was generated by a small number of whales flipping NFTs back and forth and back again. And they're doing this to accumulate Blur tokens through the company's incentive scheme. And that's where we stop, because everything after that statement is a bunch of BS. There's not volume if you're wash trading, and that's what that is. 
It's a sort of wash trading that making this volume look amazing. Pumping prices and NFTs to unsustainable and unrealistic levels. While the media outlets, note I said media, not news, media outlets report on this amazing volume of the NFT space. Quick note, by the way, this decrypt article did point out, by the way, that these NFT whales are gaming the blur bidding logic. And that this looks like, smells like, and talks like wash trading. And so I just want to make that very, very clear that this looks like we have a turnaround. This looks like we have a bull. This looks like the market is recovering. It more than likely is all fake. And the trading volume for the NFT space is no different from January. Thank you for listening to this episode of GM. I'll be back on Monday for your daily news. But don't forget to tune in tomorrow in our long-form podcast where Dan Roberts and Stephen Graves talks to author Neil Stevenson. And he is the author of the novel that coined the term metaverse. That novel is called Snow Crash. It's a great conversation where they talk about the emergence of the metaverse. Should it be centralized, decentralized? Should we own it or should a company own it? Siloed or not siloed? Walled gardens or not. Hear what Neil has to say tomorrow on GM's long form podcast. Until then, happy hodling everyone.